when everything in my life started to fall apart, it was kind of, I, I asked God numerous times. Like I remember lying in my bed, just crying one night because I was so scared of my family and what was going on that I remembered asking God, like, why God, why us, why my family? And it, it reminded me of a story in the Bible that came to me. It's about when Peter walked on water, right? I mean, he's one of the only other people besides Jesus to ever step foot on water and not fall in. And it reminded this story came to me and I felt like it was God telling me that like when he stood on the water, he was looking towards Jesus. He was focused on the things that God had for him. But when he had started to lose focus and started to look at the storm raging on around him and worried about his own life is when he began to fall. Welcome everybody back to the Light It Up podcast. Um, it's been a, been a little bit, it's been a hot minute since we've done one of these. We thank you guys for being patient. A lot of things were happening, uh, which is why we had to miss a few weeks, but we're back. And just to tell you guys, we will be releasing three consecutive episodes. This episode is releasing February 4th. There will be part two next Saturday. And then there will be a separate episode the next Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Um, today, though, for part one and part two, this Saturday and next Saturday, we have Christopher Darden from the Vancouver Potter's House. And we also have JJ and Raphael with us. Bueno, bueno. <laughs> um, so uh, without further ado, we're going to talk about fear and anxiety. So Chris mentioned that this had really linked with his testimony and a lot of the things that happened especially around COVID-19 2020 so we're going to be about that Chris will give a quick testimony then we're going to launch into some scriptures and some thoughts we have in it so Christopher why don't you give a quick testimony so my testimony um it's a little different than other people's I could, that I've heard but basically I started coming to church when I was pretty young I was uh I had just turned four. Um, I was four years old when my family had started coming. Um, my life, my family was just going through a rough time in life. And um, my father was the first one that started coming to church, actually. And he started coming and he eventually brought the rest of the family. And we all kind of realized this is what we wanted to do with our lives. And this was the right place. So my family had decided that this was what we wanted to do with our lives. And we wanted to serve God. And because we could see the hope, we could see the life in what God had for us. And so growing up, I had always heard about God's power and what he could do in my life. And I had seen miracles. I'd seen tremendous things that God could do in others' lives. And even in my own life, in my own family, um, just so much power that God had and the love that he had for us. And really growing up, I really didn't have a really solid foundation in God or in the Bible or any of what God's plan was for me. Um, I kind of knew a, like the relationship that I had with God wasn't the full extent of what he wanted, but I never really accepted it fully as my own. Looking back now, I, like I, I played the church game. I did 
ministries in church. I helped in church. I kind of went along with my parents and kind of had like a on and off relationship with God, wanting to serve God and kind of wanting to do my own thing. Um, it wasn't until I was about uh, 11 or 12 that my family backslid and they left the church. My parents had both become heavy alcoholics and uh, just tore our lives apart. I, I have three younger siblings and I remember having like overnight, it seemed having to raise these three younger siblings at the age of 12. And it wasn't until like life hit rock bottom that I realized that God that our life with God was so much better and that God had so much more for us than we could ever imagine. Um, and so off and on, I would go to church. People would pick me up from the age of 12 to 14. They'd pick up my siblings or my whole family would come sometimes, but our life was never truly the same as it once was when my entire family was serving God with their whole hearts. And when I was 14, uh, November of 2020, craziest year of all, uh, my pastor finally kind of heard what was going on at my house and was like, that's not right. And so he talked to my parents and he's like, Hey, why don't the kids come stay with us for a couple of weeks or whatever, how long it takes for you guys to get back up on your feet and to get your life straightened out. So they agreed. They said, yeah, it's a good idea. We they had started to see their mistake and started to come to the realization that they needed help and needed to stop shutting everybody out. And so I moved in with my pastor, my me and my three other siblings, and it was a little hectic. I mean, my pastor has four kids and he took on another four. So he had eight kids like over like the course of like four days all of a sudden. And so like we were like sharing us three boys or us four boys were sharing a room like it was just chaotic anyways. But God began to work in my parents' lives and they began to sober up, get clean, and my father got saved. And then it seems like it was about two weeks later that he went into the hospital two days before Christmas and he ended up passing away a little after Christmas. And that just kind of tore my life apart because I had begun to re rebuild my relationship with my father and began to rebuild my relationship with God. And so that was kind of like just the semi truck hitting you out of left field. I had no idea it was coming and it really hurt. And I remember going through just, that was kind of like my downfall back into anxiety and depression again. And I was lost and I was without a hope it seemingly because I thought God had promised that he was going to do great things with my life. And now I could see where God wanted to go. And so kind of from the age of 12 to the age of about 14 and a half was when I really struggled with anxiety and depression and fear. Um, we began when I was about 12. Yeah, I remember um, just contemplating suicide, even attempting suicide several times at the age of 12, 13, because I was so lost and so broken. But when I was 14 and I was living with my pastor, that's when God really got a hold of me, right? People started to see that I was hurting, that I was lost, and that it was just not the same me that I once was. And so people began to reach out. They began to pray for me even more than they already had. And I gave my life back to God. And I said, God, if you're still able to do something with this broken, wretched soul that has turned my, my back on you so many times, I can't even count. Here I am, and you can have my life. And so with that, I began to serve God 
all in again, right? I just jumped back in and started picking up ministries again and started doing God's will, living on fire for God. And it was the best decision that I ever made, right? Now, today, everything's not perfect, right? I don't have a perfect day every day. I struggle sometimes. I still have doubts and fears and worries, but even my worst days are still better than my best days of when I was without God because now I know that I'm loved by him and he has a plan and a purpose for my life that he has for each and every one of us. And that's kind of just a shortened version of my story of what God has done in my life and what he can do in yours if you give him the chance. That is just your story is, you know, it's very sobering, I think, especially to a church kid like me. You know, a lot of us have you know, had perfect lives and definitely have taken for granted all that God has blessed us with. And, you know, your decision to continue to follow God, even though you were living in your pastor's house and even though you were going through this, your decision to stay with God, uh, I believe God's going to bless that. And that, uh, and I believe your story is still being written. You know, you're, you're still very young and, you know, all of our testimonies and all of our stories are still being written and I think it's exciting to see um, what God will continue to do in your life and that your testimony is definitely not over yet. Um, so just a quick question about your testimony. So you had mentioned that, uh, you know, going through the kind of just the loss of your dad and just all these things, COVID-19, I mean, that hit, that, that kind of hit everybody hard. Um, kind of put everybody in a state of isolation and even depression. Um, but what was going through your mind in that time of depression and anxiety for people out there who maybe go in that, in that period of depression and anxiety, what was like your viewpointing of God? What was going through your head? Like what were the questions that you struggled with possibly? And you even struggled with suicide, as you mentioned, but I kind of wanted to ask what, was your viewpoint of God at that time? Were you thinking about God? Were you even questioning God? Or what did what questions were you asking and how did you answer those in your experience? That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I really was doubting God through that time in my life. Like I had, like I had said earlier, I had seen God do great things. I had seen God move in so many ways that when everything in my life started to fall apart, it was kind of, I, I asked God numerous times, like I remember lying in my bed, just crying one night because I was so scared of my family and what was going on that I remembered asking God, like, why God, why us, why my family? And it, it reminded me of a story in the Bible that came to me. It's about when Peter walked on water, right? I mean, he's one of the only other people besides Jesus to ever step foot on water and not fall in. and it reminded this story came to me and I felt like it was God telling me that like when he stood on the water, he was looking towards Jesus. He was focused on the things that God had for him. But when he had started to lose focus and started to look at the storm raging on around him and worried about his own life is when he began to fall. And so like that revelation came to me and that's when I began to kind of work my way back to trusting God because before that, I was really just broken. I was lost, and I, I didn't know where to go or how to get there um, or even who to ask, it seemed. But 
it all eventually came together that like I needed God. And even though I couldn't see, it's like that, that uh, proverb, like uh, take the step of faith. It's like walking downstairs in the middle of the night. You can't always see the stairs, but you know, they should be there somewhere. So you just got to step out. And that's really what it took me that I had to step out and trust God that he'd place that solid foundation underneath my foot. And even though the fear and the doubt and the anxiety was washing over me like a hurricane, it was that my, my hope relied on God still, even through those hard times that in the end, I was still going to be able to make it out alive, whether or not it was what I wanted because God has promised in his word that he, he knows the thoughts that he has towards us, thoughts of good and not of evil, that he has a plan and a future for our lives. And we just have to trust in him and rely on his word and rely on him. Amen. Hey, so I got a question, bro. So like you're talking about how you, you live with your pastor now, like at the moment right now. Yeah. So, when you were younger, did you have an opportunity to go back to your family with like before they sobered up? Did you have like that chance to like just like completely just go off the real end? Because I'm not trying to like it's so, like when you go to a yeah. pastor's house, of course you live over there, you have a right to go to church and all that. So mm-hmm. let's say if you yeah, you know you like your parents are not gonna go to church, they're not they're not saying they don't want to go to church. So did you have an opportunity to go back into the world and go to your parents? Um, yeah, that's actually a great, uh, a, a great question because I, I actually did. Um, it was after my father had passed, my mom had started to get her life a little bit back together or at least hide it enough from people that people couldn't see what was going on. And so actually my three siblings actually went back with my mom. Um, I had a lot of just bad memories in that house, um, that my father just with my father, uh, we had gotten in like numerous fights and we had like physical fights that kind of just scarred me mentally and like physically just the the place was too much of a painful place to go so i i decided that i was going to stay with my pastor and continue to serve god because i knew that my mother wasn't going to serve god um she had said several times that she never wanted to go back to church and so i stayed right where i was decided that hey no i'm good and she respected it um, surprisingly, or at least she didn't tell me anything. Um, and so I stayed with my pastor and my other siblings back, um, but they're no longer there anymore, but it has, I did have the opportunity to answer your question. Yes. Do you guys have any, uh, questions regarding his testimony? Okay. So we're going to move on to uh, what we're going to talk about for the bulk of this episode, which is fear and anxiety isn't us. So I'm going to have Christopher read our first scripture, and then we're going to launch into some thoughts and questions we have. But it is 2 Timothy 1.7, if you could read that, please. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All right. So- um great verse did you have any thoughts or like reflections on that scripture yeah i really love this scripture actually it's kind of funny that this is our launching scripture because 
it's such a powerful scripture. And I even learned this one when right. I was right. young, much younger um, in children's church or Sunday school, something like that. And so it's a great, it's a great scripture here. Just, and it's really powerful now looking back of how true it is that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right? Um, ultimately, we know that I know now that fear is from the devil, right? I mean, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve obeyed God and they did His will, they were without fear, they were without anger, and they were full of love and power under God's dominion. And ultimately, when sin came into the world, that's when fear and pain and hurt all entered the world as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's really powerful to me now looking back that God truly hasn't given us these these hurts and these pains in our life. Ultimately, they come from either our bad decisions or others' decisions in our lives that end up hurting us or hurting others around us. And I think it's really awesome that now I can look back and be able to tell others that the the fear that I had wasn't from God as I had like angrily assumed when I was in my fear and in my anxiety and depression. But now I can look back and see that God had a greater purpose for me, but I just couldn't see it because of the fear and anger clouding my judgment and clouding my view of things around me. Heck yeah, man. That's heck yeah. Um, just having that sound mind, man. So the who I so not who I am, but like there's one thing I always do is like words I don't understand or like words I don't completely uh, understand the definition of. I would search it up on Google. So I searched up sound mind, and the definition is a person's state of of being the time of making their own will. Sound mind is a memory means the person has specific mental cats Basically, they understand what they're doing. They understand their actions. Yeah. So yeah, when we yeah. when we have fear and other like emotions, basically that like cloud or judgment of understanding our own actions, I don't. That's not from God. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. seeing. And yeah, and very cool. Yeah, and you know, like the universal truth is, there are things in your life you're not going to be able to control. Like. I'm sure you can find plenty of Bible verses on that, but that's like a universal truth. There are just some things that are not going to go your way. There are some things that are you're not going to be able to control. And I'm talking like about your circumstances. I'm talking about things that happen in your life. Like, you know, just there are just things that you're not going to be able to control. And, you know, and that's when like the whole God is in control kind of thing comes in is because when we learn to trust God with uh, our fear and our anxiety, when we learn to trust him and when we learn to kind of give it to him, you know, he's more, he's more in control than we are ever. He's always in control. So sometimes when we don't have control, the best thing to do is really just to, um, you know, just to kind of give it to God and uh, scripture I wanted to read was uh, Matthew six twenty five. Uh, these are Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. 
Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? So, of course, we need to keep things like other than God in track. And Jesus emphasized, like he doesn't emphasize that, you know, we should just like walk around naked and like not eat at all. Right. He's just emphasizing that we need to be focused. So, um, you know, a lot of the stress and anxiety that we uh, as people, even as, as Christian have, are always about the things of life, like what's going to happen next for me. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. And if I do this, will this happen? That kind of thing. Like, uh, we like to be in control. So Jesus in this scripture, and there are other scriptures he talks about, um, uh, he mentions, can worries add a single moment to your life? And it's true. And Jesus, um, a few scriptures down in Matthew 6, 33 says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. So Jesus de-emphasizes the worry for what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat, not absolutely neglecting it because that's what humans need to survive. But in the next, in the, in Matthew 6, 33, he emphasizes to focus on godly things, to focus on the things of God. Um, and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then in the other scripture, um, stop being worried or anxious about your life as to what you eat and what you drink. So Jesus is emphasizing um, to your concern and your worry about the kingdom of God and less about the things of life. And I say all that just to say um, you're not going to be in control of everything. And the best thing to do is to focus on God, is to focus your concern and give your concern and your anxiety to God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So another scripture that backs that up is Romans twelve two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That basically adds to the point that I I I personally don't. I I need to search it up. I don't know the definite like the actual definition to come to like top of my head a definition of conformed, but if I think hard enough, I believe it means uh frick, can't think of it. But anyways, what I'm what we're trying to say mm -hmm. is do not be pushed into the world and say this is it. This is this is my like how do I phrase yeah. this? Uh I think like, I I think I see where you're going with that. Because okay, so the definition of conformed is to be changed or to be made in the image of something else. And so I think where you're going is the don't be changed into the world and just accept that as what you are now instead. I, I got the definition. It says completely rules or standards or laws, meaning they follow the law. What, what's like say, mm -hmm. like, let's say the, what's happening right now, the laws and all that. That's being conformed to the thing. I'm assuming that's what it says in the Google definition. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> what it says, don't be conformed. Basically, what this whole thing 
the whole world is trying to say is okay to be okay to have to be depressed it's okay to be all this stuff and have for be full of anxiety and all this which it should not be okay at all i personally would not want to be always depressed always scared or always having anxiety attacks or something it's like that uh it's like that saying it's okay to not be okay like it's uh, when i think about it i'm like okay i appreciate the fact that you're somewhat concerned about me but it's really not okay to not be okay like my life is horrible right now i'm stressed out of my mind and it's not okay it's like 100 percent not okay but i mean i just make fun of that saying sometimes because it's like it's okay to not be okay like no it's not it's horrible it's terrible how like this world is just so like so it's okay not to be okay that's what what that's the whole world is trying to say it's okay to be in your emotions okay to stay where you're at you don't need to worry about all the other things which there's a balance to it there's a balance to what we're saying there's a balance to what i'm saying and um, what i wanted to add is going back to fear and anxiety is i think it's not just like because there's things like if we're sinners they happen but like i think like even as being christians we still have fear and anxiety because it's from the devil obviously but because he's using it as a tool to try to like put fear in us like if let's say i wanted to go and not reach but he puts fear in me but he's putting that fear because god's gonna do something he wants to do something but that's why he's putting that fear in me so i don't do it so that's why even as christians we may still have fear and anxiety but we just have to pray and overcome them Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. exactly that's just the point blank and, uh, yeah well hold on i wanted it because that's a that's an amazing thought jj and i agree with you 100 percent um, I, I heard like, uh, I heard a scripture, uh, let's see, I think it was, it was a few nights ago it was one sermon. Um, but I found this and this actually links perfectly to what you just said. It says in the peace of God, this is AMP version of Philippians four, seven, it says the peace of God, that peace, which reassures the heart, that peace, which transcends all understanding, that peace, which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in christ jesus is yours so we receive that that um that heavenly and that godly peace from god and you know this comes from prayer and you know building your relationship with god when there are times when you know the devil's kind of not helping you know and you're stretched and you're scared but the peace of god is something that quote is yours Thank you guys for tuning in. That's going to do it for part one. Make sure you tune in for part two, which will be coming out next Saturday with Christopher, the same guy we have on right now. Um, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, do all that stuff so you don't miss out any next episodes. Uh, we are on Spotify. We have all our episodes on Spotify now. We have that running. And every episode will release on Spotify the same time they release on YouTube. And if you're looking for announcements, we release YouTube shorts for announcements or little clips. But we also have an Instagram. Um, we also have an Instagram now. Uh, just the Light It Up podcast. You'll notice. You'll know which whoa, one it whoa. is. 
<laughs> you'll know which one it is. It's the same black logo and everything. We will only be releasing announcements and clips on there because we can't release full episodes on there. But Spotify and YouTube will have full episodes. So we thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. God bless. I heard a lot of my story and a lot of how God has changed my life. And it's really a powerful story of what God can do, not alone in just my life, but what he can do in lives across the world. Um, I've seen many, many people changed by the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Bible says in John 16, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, but that all should make everlasting life with him. And, it wouldn't be right if we continue to do these podcasts and continue to share stories with you about God's power in our lives if we didn't give you an opportunity to make that choice for yourself. And so today, wherever you're watching, whatever time it is, God is there with you and he can always change your life. It's through a simple prayer of repentance and accepting God as your Lord and Savior that he can save you from your sin, no matter what your sin may be, no matter how difficult it may seem that the sin you're bound in is God can set you free and he can give you a new hope, a new life, just as he did in my life, as you heard in my, my story and my testimony and what I've talked about so far, God loves us each and every one of us, no matter what our past is or what our history is. God sent his son to die on that cross, Jesus Christ, so that we could be set free, that we could be delivered and have a new life. And so I want to give you guys an opportunity, if you just want to repeat after me, wherever you're at, um, just as between you and God, it's a sacred moment, because if you truly mean it in your heart, God will forgive you, and he will accept you into the beloved as one of his children. And so if you just repeat after me, and you mean it in your heart, you can just pray this prayer, and you can make heaven your home. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I accept you into my life. I confess that I am a sinner and I commit my life to you. I ask that you would help me to continue to follow you through each and every day and through each and every trial. God, I thank you for your son that you sent to die on that cross to pay for my sin. And I know that I am forgiven and that I am set free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.